Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. I believe it is true that there is far more good in the world than there is bad. And I'm glad about that because the bad that's here makes life rough sometimes. And if there was more of it, we'd have a whole lot rougher time. But even in that good that is here, I find that interesting. I often hear someone say, well, he is good. And a lot of times that statement comes right after he did something bad. You ever notice that? Somebody got in trouble, he, he messed up, he did something wrong, and somebody says, oh, but he's a good person. And that seems a little bit strange, doesn't it? I mean, doesn't it seem strange immediately after someone fails to say, oh, but they're a good person? So I get it, and I hear that a lot, and I know that there is some controversy and some disagreement about what is good our theme for today is good. And I want you to notice two things. This morning, you're good. The good that you are is a reflection of God. And then this evening, God's good is a reflection of us. As a hint, we'll be looking at Matthew 5. Let your light shine. But for this morning, think with me about what James says in this text about your good. The good that you do. The good that you are. He says in verse 16, let no one be deceived. First of all, James says, I don't want you to be deceived about goodness. In the verses just previous to verse 16 is that discussion that James has about sin. And he talks about the idea that sin comes from within. When you are tempted, God didn't do it but it comes from inside of you. And sin, when it is finished, when temptation leads to sin, that sin, when it is finished, when it does its work on you fully, it leads to death. First of all, don't be deceived about temptation that you receive not to be good. I remember... As a young person in school, hearing some say, come on, man, this would be good for you. And usually when, when they say it in a strange voice, when they say it in a low voice, sort of like they're sneaking up on you, you can pretty well guess it's not going to be good for you. But that's what they say. Have some. 
Or maybe you've been mocked. Oh, you're just a goody-goody. You're just a goody two-shoes. As though that is some kind of criticism that should change your life. Oh, you're right. I think I'll stop. Or, come on, you don't have to be good all the time, do you? I mean, can't you just every now and then stop being good? Don't be deceived, James says, when you are tempted not to be good. Number two, don't be deceived, James says, about your own goodness. Now, this is an interesting part, and this is where we really need to consider some things together. Don't be deceived about your own goodness. What does that mean? Don't you think that you're good? Don't you try to be good? Why, how could I be deceived about that? I can be deceived about my own goodness if in some way I think my own goodness comes from me. Psalm 14, 3, Psalm 53, 3. Romans chapter 3, verse 12, all say, They have all gone astray. They've all together become corrupt. No one does good. No, not one. Don't be deceived about your goodness. The Bible says no one does good. Paul said about himself in Romans chapter 7 and verse 12, the good that I want to do, I don't do. And the evil that I will not to do, that's what I do. And I'm sure you understand that fight. I'm sure you feel that battle. I'm sure you've fought it for a long time. And James says, I don't want you to be deceived about your goodness. You're not good as God is good. But I don't want you to be deceived. God calls you to be good. Colossians 1, verses 9 and 10, Paul writing to the Colossians says, I want to encourage you to maintain or to be increasing in good works. Titus 3 and in verse 8, Paul said to Titus, whoever believes in God should be careful to maintain good works. Now, it sounds a little bit strange, doesn't it? That on the one hand, God says there is no one who does good, no, not one. And then he calls to us and he says, I want you to keep doing what is good. Here's the point. Don't you be deceived about goodness. Because all that is good 
comes from God. I don't care where you find it. In Galatians 5 and in verse 22, in that list of the things that we see as the fruit of the Spirit, I think we should think of it as not only the fruit that others see, but the fruit that the Spirit causes to grow in me. And one of those things is goodness. So all goodness growing from God in me can say, sure, I'm good, but I am not good because I am good. James says, don't you be deceived about goodness. Number two, James says, all that is good flows from God. Verse 17. All good things come down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or a shadow cast by turning. All good flows from God. Well, that makes sense. Because God is good. Matthew 19, 17. When someone approached Jesus and said, good master. And he said, wait a minute. Why do you call me good? No one is good except one, and that's the father. And his intention was to say, realize this. God is good. And if you're saying that I'm good, then you are recognizing that I'm God. Oh, they didn't want to hear that. But God is good. It is his nature to be good. That's just who he is. In fact, it is not possible for him to be anything but good. God is good. And goodness is a gift from God. Now think about this for just a minute. When Genesis opens the record of the creation, in verses 4, 10, 12, 15, 18, 25, and 31, God said, it is good. When God created, he gave the gift of what is good. He didn't just give the gift of what would sustain. We can be sustained on a whole lot less. But he gave us a whole lot more. Things that we don't need to live and exist, but that are here and that are beautiful and wonderful. And we like to be around them and it's gorgeous because God made it. Goodness is a gift from God. And it comes down 
from the Father of lights. 1 John 1, verse 5. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. Notice again what happened in Genesis 1. I've never noticed this before. The first time that God said it is good was right after he said, let there be light. And the father of lights, the God who is light, created light first and said, this is good. And because all that is good comes from God, all that is good flows from God, good will always be good. Always. Good does not change definition. Now, admittedly, I'm talking about Intrinsic goodness. I'm talking about the good that defines who God is. That good never changes definition. Because God is eternal. And God is good. And all that is good flows from God. But finally, notice verse 18. All good is true. Anything that you would call good, that is intrinsically good, that is by the nature and character of God good, it is true by his own will he begat us anything that really is good is absolutely true in Romans 1.18 Paul talked about the other side for the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven Against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, notice, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Not good means suppressing what is true. Now think for just a minute. The ways in which you encounter the suppression of truth leading to something that is not good. For instance, the principle of situation ethics. Situation ethics determines or tries to find a way to decide what is good based on the situation when it arises. It's not about 
acknowledging the principles that are good and letting those principles address the situation. Situation ethics says there's really nothing good in itself that must be applied all of the time. If you have this situation, then this situation determines what is good. And there are so many ways that we might encounter that. But really all that it is doing is suppressing what is real truth. Number two, there are social norms that suppress real truth. When it has been decided that this is going to be the social order of the day, real truth has been suppressed. For my money, the day that abortion became legal, suppressed truth as a social norm. And when it was taken away, the principle of the value of life was reestablished as a social norm for the country. Now, I know that every state now has the right to decide as its social norm what it's going to do. Every state's going to make its own decision. In our social setting, in our state, this is going to be our rule. But just because one state says, this is good for us, does not mean it is good. Because it was their social norm, not the principle from God that made the decision. I certainly hope that in this state, we stand with the principle, not the social norm. Number three, your and my personal feelings oftentimes suppress truth. You remember the song, country song, I believe, some years ago? Describing a relationship between people who were not married. And the song said, How can it be wrong when it feels so right? When my feelings decide what is good versus what God has said, I have suppressed the truth of God. My feelings, your feelings, cannot be the standard by which good is determined. One of the reasons is because they're not consistent. They change. I might like it today and I might not like it tomorrow. And it surely cannot be a standard by which we judge an entire society. And finally, my personal desires oftentimes suppress truth. 
what I want, what I like. Sometimes I just set aside the truth in order to do what I want to do. Don't you find that to be true in your life from time to time? When John said, if the seed remains in you, you cannot sin, 1 John 3. He's not saying it is impossible for you to sin. He is saying in order to sin, in order to do something that is not good, you have to set the seed, the word of God, aside in order to do it and follow your own desires, not God's. But then, goodness, being good, supports the truth. Being good supports what is true. Sometimes, all of these other things set truth aside in order to find a new goodness But Hebrews chapter 6 in that famous passage where he begins, it is impossible for those who are once enlightened, have tasted the heavenly gift, have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit, have tasted the good word of God. God is good. And if God is good, then his word that he gave us is good. This is good. So what does it mean? Your good is a reflection of God. Any good thing that you and I do is a reflection of God who is good. It's not a reflection of me because in my acquired nature I'm not good I'm only good because I have God but here's what else is true hard to say but true even when we see something good in the worst people on the planet that good comes from God It didn't come from them. Today, my point is this. We need to be good. God wants us to be good. We're called to be good. But let us remember that we're not good because we are good, because we have this power, this innate ability to be good. But rather, when we are good, it is a reflection to others that God is living in us. Even if we don't acknowledge it, and even if those awful people who do good, it is still coming from God. And I think that is so cool. That people who spit in the face of God, when they do something good, It is still God's goodness 
They just cannot get away from it. So my encouragement to all of us, to be good, but to honor God who is good. To appreciate God for giving us goodness. And to acknowledge that without him, I'm nothing. And I can't be good without him. I can try on my own to be as good a person as I can be. And while there are very, very many good people, as we would define goodness, they love their neighbors, they're good citizens, they don't cheat and steal and lie, and they follow the golden rule. But doing it without God won't get you to heaven. I still have to be what God wants me to be. That is in him doing the good. Because God, through Jesus, and in the figure of baptism, takes me when I was not good. And in that water, he changes me. So that when I come out, I have his goodness. I have his stamp. I have his spirit. And in that life, I can be good. If you're not a child of God, you can't be good on your own. You need to be in God's family wearing his name and having his spirit to be good. I'd love to see you immersed into Christ today or to return to a life that is good, defined by God if you've been away. If you need our help in any way, talk to us at any time. But for today, our shepherds will be here as we stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.